Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mommy Files of a New Black Mom. We are back in action, back like cook crack, back like all of that, and this week's episode, we're going to discuss forgiveness and teaching your kids about feelings. Let that sink in. Forgiveness. And teaching your children about what? <laughs> Forgiveness. Mm, mm. So the reason I wanted to talk about it wasn't because of anything too specific, but a lot of thought on forgiveness with our children and them expressing their feelings. Um, I had a conversation with, I have a counselor I go to. And she's more for marriage, a little bit on life, and she gives me everything. Um, And we talk a lot about parenting. And she and I have very similar stories in the fact that she married someone who was older. She already had children. He already had children. You know, whatever. They're a blended family. And it just, it's a very unique thing when you find somebody who can understand a lot of, not even simple, but just basic feelings you have and can understand how to communicate them and one of the things that came up was about my oldest daughter expressing her feelings and I said you know what's interesting is that she feels no one listens to her so a lot of times what we go through as parents is that same cycle our parents did where I'm always right you're always wrong I know what's best. You know nothing. Um, And that they limit a lot of our growth because of us being children. And it's not, I think, on purpose as it is us just not knowing the, the factors of how to be great parents in a sense of us knowing how to express feelings, how to show or show our children how to express their feelings. It becomes very difficult. And the reason I say it becomes very difficult is because when it comes to parenting, there's no real, like at all, rule book. And what I mean by rule book is there's nothing there except the rules. (laughs) So... I say all that to say parents don't have all the rules. We don't know all the rules. We don't make all the rules. And a lot of times we can't even follow all the rules. And I find it interesting at times because I myself, I don't want to say I'm picky, but I'm, I'm real specific on the things I want from my kids Um, what I want from them as far as growth and what I want from them as far as possibilities of their growth. Now, that might seem really complicated. But the truth of the matter is we sometimes are our biggest downfall. 
our biggest downfall as far as flaws, our biggest downfall as far as what we accept from our children, all of that. But the hardest factor is what we're doing to teach them about expressing their emotions. What are we doing to show them that it's okay if they're not always happy, if they're not always in a good mood, if they're not always able to communicate like we think we should be able to communicate? And a lot of times, we fail. We fail because we don't have all the answers. Surprise! So we'll take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to get a little deeper. A little more in our feelings. we're back and we're talking about feelings favorite subject (laughs) but no when it comes to feelings especially as a parent I feel like we dilute mute get rid of diet down tell them to bring it dial it back and one of the things I was you know expressing was that I try to encourage at least from the children that are old enough to know how to really express is to have them express their feelings in a way that's productive, that's encouraging, that's authentically them, if that makes sense. A lot of times we are so quick to say what isn't appropriate, what isn't a good song to listen to, what isn't a good, you know, whatever. And then Our kids are so confused because they don't get to enjoy anything. We have taken away their freedom to just say, I like dark, grungy music. I like classical music or I like this kind of music. It helps. Instead, we're like, this music isn't good. This music isn't productive. This music isn't encouraging. Well, if you've never listened to these songs, right, how would you know what they are? And I say that authentically because one of my uh, daughter's favorite is a rapper called X Extension. And he is probably as grungy of a rapper as possible. And I mean that in a very interesting way. Like, he is like goth music for rappers. But I know that she's a highly emotional, very in her feelings kind of girl. And for her, his music is perfect. It's emotional, it's deep, it's dark, it's everything. So... When she would listen to it or she would play it, we would kind of give a side eye of judgment and then go, okay, this is what she wants to hear. But in that same breath, it felt like, hmm, maybe there's something more to this. Maybe there's something deeper in the bottom of why she likes this song. Maybe because he's open and honest about his feelings. It's a lot of factors. And the reason I... I, say encourage your children to know how to express themselves is because a lot of times the anger aggression and you know darkness that people are so afraid of their kids dealing with if you take away their outlet to know how to deal with emotional trauma or emotional feelings or just anything deeper than what we say is okay we're limiting them on how to be happy 
We're so quick to say, oh, you know, this song is so uplifting. How do you know it's uplifting? Who's it uplifting? If it's just uplifting you, then it's only doing part of the job. And one of the reasons I'm very big on self-expression is because I used to, you know, write poetry and write my feelings down and have all types of outlets that my parents kind of just not want to say ignored, but definitely kind of was like, all right, that's what she want to do. And the crazy part was my teachers in school encourage creativity in a way to express feelings. So it's very unique because it was like, I personally don't know how to encourage children, but I know if they like something that makes them feel better or what they're listening to helps them cope, why stop? Unless it's causing like harm or danger. And the reason I say, you know, let them express is because a lot of times as parents, we're always trying to dictate their feelings, dictate their emotions, dictate their their next step. And it's not always that cut and dry. It's not always that simplistic to say this song is a little too violent or this song is a little too dark or deep or whatever but just because it's a high beat high tempo booty shaking song don't mean it's something they should let that it does not mean that that should be what allows their emotions to only show because it's positive at least in our perspective because of the tone or the beat or whatever i find that kids love stuff that have something specifically catered to them it's like when you go to McDonald's and you say, you know, I want a double cheeseburger, but I want it with extra pickles and extra ketchup and no onion. Like you want it catered specifically to your taste, even if it's something, gen- you know, generically processed or something generic in its base. It's like, I know what I want, but I want to add these modifications to make it fit me. You know, it's that custom fit that kind of make kids feel a little more happy, a little more encouraged, a little more just in a better space where it works now one of the harder parts about being an adult in that same circumstance is that we have to learn how to communicate with our children in a way that doesn't always come across like we're trying to dictate because a lot of times that's what causes the misunderstanding the disconnect the hardships of just knowing what's a good fit because we don't know all of their ins and outs. We as a parent only see what the kids allow us to see. So when you limit their expression, you might be missing a big key to why things in their lives are not, you know, perfect or why they're sad about when their friend stops talking to them. Or when you see that your kid, you know, responds well to high tempo music, Versus, you know, soft and gentle. A lot of times kids don't know the best way or why they feel the way they do and the best way to actually express it. But when you dilute it and make it so hard for them to show any emotion, you make it so that whatever emotion they do share is going to be limited because they feel as though you don't really care how I feel. You just want to dictate the best way for me to show it. Um, One of the best ways to encourage children is see their hobbies. See what they find as an interest. 
if your child loves dance and you see that lately they've been dancing to all these emotional or all these deep deep feelings or these songs that have so much more you know emotion than you're used to something may be going wrong or if you see that your child's a writer and you see that they've been writing extensively the best thing you can do is allow them the time where they want to write a little bit more or they're up late writing a little bit more or they you know can't really talk encourage them to write a letter one of the things that I always felt was an outlet was me, with me was writing. I wrote my feelings. I wrote my anger. I wrote my good days, my bad days. I was encouraged to always kind of, if I had a feeling, get it down on paper. Now, the harder part about it is a lot of times when you, you know, encourage it, like any habit, you know, sometimes kids dedicate so much time to it that you feel like it's a distraction. But if they're coping with something you don't know, maybe their friends stop talking to them. Maybe they don't feel good. Maybe, you know, something they loved was taken away from them. Or you, you know, are discouraging in some way where you saw a bad behavior. And you saw it with maybe a close friend and you said, hey, you can't be friends with that girl anymore. If they show expression, let them show it. We should never dilute emotion, especially in boys. I feel like as parents, especially with little boys, people always say, you know, boys shouldn't cry. Be a boy. Be tough. But when you don't teach your children how, especially boys, how to outlet their emotions, that's what causes other bad side effects because they feel like if I can't show emotion with you, I'll show it with someone else. Or if I don't know how to show emotion or you only encourage me showing emotion in a fight or me being aggressive then that's how I'm always going to show it. One of my favorite sayings, especially when it came to dance or anything with dance, is leave it all on the floor. And they say that because they want you to put all your feelings, all your emotions, all your everything, there on display so that you can actually get the best results. Sometimes the best moments in our lives, we're crying. Even if it's something good. If you see someone who get proposed to, they're crying. If you see someone at their wedding, they're crying. If they just gave birth to their child, they're crying. If they just won a championship football game, they're crying. It's okay to show tears of joy as well as tears of sadness. It's great to show that if you want to show any kind of emotion, encourage encourage it one of the hardest parts about emotions is we don't know where it come from or what triggers it all the time but we know when we have it and we're in an emotional darker sadder deeper state that sometimes we don't know how or why we feel that way it's like when you have the mommy blues as they call it Right after you have a kid, you go through this very disconnect or you go through this very dark period and you don't know why. You don't know where it comes from. It's so out of character. It's like literally putting on the heaviest coat you own and trying to walk around in 90 degree weather. It's, it's almost unbearable. But if you know that you don't feel good and people around you can tell, they can be your anchor to help take some of that weight off. 
one of the biggest conversations I had with my husband was when I was going through my little sadness was just, I don't know how I feel. I don't know. I don't feel okay. I don't feel so excited every day. I don't feel happy. I feel a lot of sadness. I feel very inadequate. I feel very whatever. But I was able to tell him because he was like, you know, why are you so angry? Why are you so frustrated? And it's like, I don't know. I'm, y'all didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Work didn't do anything. But I feel like I'm, I, I, my back's against the wall and I'm by myself. If you don't know how to express something, sometimes the only way we know how to express it is in whatever hobby or whatever outlet we find as our coping mechanism. Whether it be drinking whether it be smoking, whether it be reading, we submerge ourselves in the attempt to try and just figure out a way to be happy, stay happy, and then get back to a continual happy. Because sometimes the hardest part isn't getting to happiness, but staying happy. Every part of our lives is work. Whether it be going to work, whether it be home life, whether it be children, it always has some type of work aspect to it. But if we don't encourage it to figure out, okay, what's the best way for me to deal with stress at work? What's the best way to to deal with stress at school? What's the best way to deal with stress with my husband or stress with my kids? If you don't know how to do it, you sometimes just miss, miss the whole bus on how to make things better. Facing our fears, our emotions, our pain, our suffering, sometimes make it so hard to avoid that we can't do anything but do, you know, what makes us happy. And if we continually try to encourage our children to show their emotions or to express their emotions, sometimes that's how you get the best results. If you encourage your children to cry when everything is not okay or to talk when everything's not okay, we can sometimes divert their bad habits and their bad behavior to something more productive and something more helpful because sometimes as kids, they don't know how to navigate. But you as a parent can be a great navigation system. But if you choose your own path for your child, like if you say, okay, you should not be writing, you should be doing X, Y, and Z, or you should not be listening to the sad music, you need to do X, Y, and Z. If your kid feels like the sad music helps them get over that hump, it's like a bad breakup. You listen to the saddest songs in a bad breakup. You know, you listen to all the wish I could have, should have, would have, oh, he was the worst, oh, she was the worst, oh, she never did, oh, he never did. You listen to every sad lullaby. Because sometimes facing that emotion makes it easier to look at it and say, I'm sad and it's okay to be sad. I'm upset and it's okay to be upset. I'm angry and guess what? (laughs) It's okay to be angry. When you dilute it to something as so simple as, oh, you're just being overly dramatic. You're now almost just blatantly disrespecting the person's feelings. You're diluting something they feel so strong about. You're almost just kind of ignoring how important something is, whether it be, you know, oh, you know, my friend stopped talking to me. You're like, girl, you're going to have a thousand friends. But to them, that was their best friend. That was their friend who they always could lean on. 
that was their friend who they always can talk to. And now that you've made it seem like that friend was just somebody non-important, non-existent, non-special, you're almost just disrespectfully discounting their feelings. Now, one of the hardest things as parents is to always know the answer. But one of the things I find is sometimes listening is the easiest solution. Because when your kids are upset and they're talking and they're expressing it, take it as a time to not always talk. Shut up. (laughs) We always think we have the answers, but sometimes we don't know the problem. And when you don't know the problem, you're just giving out random solutions that can't always be or might not always be the best solution. If you can't encourage your child to talk, open up their mouth, have a real expression of how they feel, then you sometimes are putting yourself in a position of not an outlet, but a wall. We continually want to be a source of relief for our children because a lot of times when you're going through those emotions, you don't know how to get it out of you. And sometimes your parents can be helpful. Like, oh, maybe you should write more. Maybe you should read more. Maybe you should listen to that song you love so much. Maybe you should put on your favorite outfit or your favorite color or whatever. Just so that your kid can feel like, oh, you know, maybe they really care. Maybe this will help. Maybe they know what they're talking about. But as soon as you discount their feelings or put them in a position where their feelings are not valid, you then discourage them from really wanting to open up when things are at their worst, at their lowest, at their breaking point. If you don't know how to encourage, it's okay to say, you know, maybe I need to find somebody and talk to them about how to talk to my kid because I don't know the answer, but I can't help her without knowing some kind of solution. The best parents or the best parenting tricks is to not always be the the strictest, non-understanding, non-flexible parent because kids need flexibility, kids need someone with compassion, and being compassionate don't mean be an idiot. It means being able to hear your child express their feelings and validate that it's okay that, you know, everything's not always going to be all right. Everything's not always going to be perfect. Everything's not always going to have, you know, the easiest outcome. But because of that, maybe I can help you, you know, express what you think is the saddest day of your life. It's like when your kid goes through their first breakup. They think the world is crumbling behind them and they don't know what to do. But if we are encouraging, the best solution might be the one we'd least expect. So we're going to take a quick break and I'll be back. We are back and we have closing remarks and all that good stuff. And what's crazy about it is one of the things I didn't expect to talk about is feelings. And it's interesting because I I had a moment of clarity when it comes to children and dealing with drama and allowing them to take you out of your element. 
And it's funny because when I do these episodes where I talk more than, you know, 10 minutes sometimes, I feel like I'm babbling. And what's hard about it is having something of substance. And this this episode was so personal to me because I felt like we have been going through so much turmoil in our home with our oldest. Just being, you know how they say the terrible twos? Well, the terrible teenage or the terrible teens might be a better phrase. It's like as soon as your kids hit like 13, they start acting like they invented the wheel. We owe them everything. Trash is what they are and trash is how we treat them. You know, they're just either super emotional, almost assholes, dickheads. Every bad word you want to call an adult who knows how to make good decisions, you want to call a 13-year-old. But I've also had to step back and look at her in a position where I'm like, she's a child. Of course she's going to be an idiot. Of course she's going to think she, you know, knows everything. Of course she thinks, you know, her shit don't stink. And it's one of those lessons where sometimes I don't say anything. And I don't say anything because a lot of times the shit you need and the shit you need from me, I just can take it away. And as parents, sometimes we have to sit back and reflect like, hmm, do I get to be a dickhead today or be a bigger dickhead next week? And one of the most interesting things about it is my husband and I have been very quiet about a lot of things when it comes to how we view things or how we see things or how we just deal with drama in our home and he sent me this random message and it kind of intrigued me a little bit because the first thing he said was um how did he phrase it he phrased it such as like you know hey babe first of all I want to say good evening And me and my husband are very big on speaking to each other when we don't see each other. And what I mean by speaking to each other is when we, like, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Whenever we talk to each other. But what he said that made me kind of take a breath back was, I appreciate you and all that you do with the children. And I may not show it. And I may not always say it but I appreciate you. And it made me in a moment take back a breath that I was so frustrated with her with because she acted like a pure teenage twat. And it made me have a moment of clarity where I'm like, she's a kid. So of course she's going to be an asshole. She's a kid. So of course she's going to make dumbass decisions. The difference is I could be a bigger person or a better person. See, the bigger person can do something down the road that will personally make them go, damn, I fucked up a good opportunity. A bigger person right now might be an asshole, but they still won't get the point. And it's kind of one of those things where sometimes your best reaction is not a reaction, you know, or your best action is not a reaction. Because a lot of times when it comes to children, we find ourselves reacting more because we're emotional and we're angry and we're upset and we're frustrated and we don't know how to you know do it without causing more emotional pain one of the biggest lessons I learned is sometimes the best thing you can do is not argue with them because when you argue with children that's what you're doing you're arguing as a child and what I do 
and what I say. And no matter how much you try to be as diplomatic sometimes, kids will only see what's right in front of them. Because that's all they care about. And one of my former bosses, his favorite phrase was, you see things at a 50 feet where I see things at a 10,000 feet and our GM sees things at 100,000 feet. And the reason he always said that is because as managers, we only see things right here, right now at a short view. Whereas he's looking at the bigger picture that we don't always see or know that we're affecting directly. And it can sometimes cause problems that now have directly affected him that he now has to cover or something that goes above his head where our GM has to cover. And for me, that's kind of how you have to look at your household. You look at it at, you know, your kids are at 50 feet. They see right now, right here, everything is a quick answer. Everything is a quick solution. They know everything. They do everything. Everything they know is right. We don't know anything. We're idiots. We're dummies. We just, we're stupid because we don't have common sense. But then (laughs) when they need something or they need help, we're the same people they turn to for solutions. I find myself laughing at the choices my daughter makes because she thinks she sees things in a big picture. And when we have conversations where I treat her as not an equal, but I give her a very adult conversation in a sense of asking her her thoughts, her views, her opinions, non-biased, non-judgmental. But I ask her because I'm like, what was your decision-making in this process that made you come to this solution? Because kids don't think every action has, you know, an ending result. And they don't really teach kids every cause has an effect. That was something I learned so young. I I couldn't forget it if I tried. And I say that because when my daughter do stuff, I'm like, but you knew that was wrong or you knew that was dumb or you knew that wasn't a smart decision, but you did it anyway. And one of the funniest things I asked her recently was, what was some of the smart decisions you have made recently? And she couldn't really name any. I said, the fact that it in a year's time, you can't name more than five things you've done right that you've known that you've made a great decision shows that the decisions you make have not been good ones. And you know that. Doesn't that affect you directly? And she's like, yeah. I said, doesn't that stop you from enjoying things? Yeah. I said, you know, the things that you do will always have a result. It doesn't matter how you want to cut it, slice it, paste it, Look at it through a a foggy glass. Everything you do has a reaction. So if you want the negative reaction, you are going straight for it. If you want nothing, to get nothing, to have nothing, to see nothing, to do no fun, to have no fun, to get nothing out of this world, you are going about it in the right way. But if you want the sweeter things in life, which you can't afford, which you can't accommodate, which you can't have, you better change your actions. And a lot of times with kids, they don't learn unless you you give them exactly what they want. 
And I think it's one of those long, hard lessons that we learn that directly affects them. So it may come off harsh or it may come off tough because kids only learn sometimes through tough lessons. And when you allow them to learn those tough lessons, they change almost organically. They learn, I'm really, I'm not getting anything. Oh, I'm really not having anything. I'm really not doing anything. Things that you could once have benefited from or enjoyed, you get none of. Things that you could have been blessed with and received, you don't get. But who's, whose fault is that? Because kids, again, look at things from such a short view. that they don't think it directly affects them. And I sometimes laugh because I'm like, I'm as an adult looking back and thinking of all the dumb decisions I made and want to protect her. But instead, she's like, I don't want your help or I don't I don't agree or I don't think that's the right choice or whatever. And then she fails and then it comes back to, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I try to teach her in life there are not any do-overs there aren't any you know rewinds and start over second takes none of that like now my daughter is on this big kick about high school and oh if I go to this high school I can just go and live with my mom or if I go to this high school it's over west so I'm just gonna travel from my mom's house I'm like you are so content with thinking that's gonna solve your problems but when you were there You didn't know how to behave, and you didn't know how to act, and you didn't do the right thing. But you think that's going to solve all of your problems. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to get there, and you're still going to have problems. You're going to get there, and solutions are still not going to be made. You're going to get there and still be doing the same wrong things, and then going to try to play both sides of the coin, where you're going to want to get a second chance or have a do-over. And there won't be an opportunity for it. Some of the best lessons I learned were from people who tried to teach me early on how to do the right thing. And I blatantly, up front, ignored it. So when I didn't get to enjoy family vacations or gifts or birthdays or holidays, while everyone else got to have fun and enjoy blissfully... It wasn't until I was missing out and seeing what everyone was enjoying but me that I valued what I was missing. Sometimes the hardest lessons we teach our children are ones that they put themselves through. And some of the toughest lessons we teach them are ones that really don't hurt us. You teach your kids to tell the truth because a lie can put them in danger. You teach them to do the right thing so that when you're not around, you know that they're not going to do something dumb. Or you teach your kids the best solution, even if they want to solve the problem themselves. And what do they choose to do? The wrong thing. And what do you choose to do? (laughs) Let them fail. And that's a really hard lesson for parents and It doesn't matter if you are a full-time parent or a part-time parent. You allow them to have their moment. You allow them to learn through their lessons. Because 
one of the biggest lessons I learned through my childhood was sometimes you don't want to learn. <laughs> sometimes you want to get in pain. You want to have hurt. You want to go through trials and tribulations just to say you did it. It's like when you see kids who've never lived in the hood or never had a bad time or never lived in the, the projects that they want to rap about or the, the hard, rough struggles just so they could say they had hurt and pain like everybody else versus the kids who wish they had what they had. A lot of kids wish they had a two-parent home or even a four-parent two-home because we're so quick to say what we coulda, shoulda, and woulda that we don't always value what's right in front of us. And when you value what's right in front of you, you learn, if I do the right thing, I get so much more. If I do what's necessary, I could benefit so much more. I'm so grateful for the lessons I've learned, but it hurts sometimes someone to teach her lessons so she doesn't have to learn the hard way. But I've also learned as a parent, you have to let your children fail in order for them to flourish. You have to let your children hurt in order for them to understand pain. Some pain, you're going to fight for them never to have to deal with. And some pain, you fight for them to understand isn't worth the pain they want to go through. I'm so grateful for the pain that I went through. But I'm also grateful for the knowledge I've gotten from the pain that I want to prevent pain for her. So, in closing, I say this. It's okay to feel like you're lackluster sometimes. It's okay to feel like you didn't do always the perfect right thing. But it's also okay to know you tried. (laughs) Sometimes we as parents beat ourselves up because we'd be like, well, I tried to show her. I tried to teach her. I tried to help her. And then she failed. But it, once you did all that, once you've done all you can, sometimes you just sit back and let the ride happen. Sometimes you just got to sit back and let things play out for themselves. I thank you for listening. And I'm out.